Jeff, welcome back in. So, um, we're continuing from last week. Yes, Jason just gives you message after message after message. So, we continue on with the saga that is Jason and the Back Catalog. Ooh, I think we could make a Ray Harryhausen movie out of that. Hey, Evil Jeff. Yeah, Evil Jeff. Jason here, Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Just did the Creativity Hits a Snag episode where you talked about creating your Beastmaster. And, um, in Mithras. That's what it was. I want to say we're in Quest 6, but no, that's not right anymore, is it? Anyhow, it, it like you say, it really depends on the game, right? So, like, our game of Barbarians Lemuria that we're going to play on Saturday, it's a one shot, three hour game. So, if players want to come up with a good backstory, that's great, but it's not really needed because we're just going to go. Do a single adventure. Now, if we were playing a campaign of Barbarians Lemoria, yes. And especially with Barbarians Lemoria, because you have preset careers in there. So you want to kind of have a, a story behind why you went from being a pirate, you know, to a slave, to a soldier, to whatever those careers are, right? I think backstories are more important in games where you start higher, more powerful. So, like a Barbarians Lemoria game or... Um, I don't know, some of these other games where you start, you know, more powered up, I think, you know, you're explaining why that is. On games like DCC, Dungeon Core Classics, or, you know, any game where you start at, say, a zero-level funnel, or a game where you just start first level, like go back to basic, you, you know, basic D&D and even advanced D&D back in the day, I don't know that you really need a backstory in those games. Character creation's pretty quick. Well, in basic it is. And, um... You know what I mean? For those games, your character's story can develop as you play. But a game where you're more powerful to start with, I think you do need to explain it. And especially, like say, something like Barbarians Lemuria, where you have careers broken down. If you're going to play a campaign in that game, definitely you want to understand the path that character's taken. Hey, Jason again. I think I already answered the character background thing in another call-in, so... It depends on the game. If you start at zero level, first level, OSR-style dungeon crawl, you don't really need a background. If it's a one-shot, you don't really need a in-depth background. If you're playing a game where you start off as heroes, or you're going to play a long campaign, you know, where you start off that power level, or you're, like you're saying, like an online game, uh, play-by-post game, then yeah, I could see right now the background, but I'm probably just repeating myself, so I'll let you go. All right, well... I tell you, the first time that I heard, I think it was the second or third voicemail, I got really hot under the collar, mainly because I had just kind of gone a little bit around with Ray Otis there, and it was more of a, as we, as I figured out, more about precision of language yet again. While I agree that we don't need a huge amount of backstory, I think backstory helps differentiate between R-O-L-L playing and R-O-L-E playing. Without backstory, all I'm doing is rolling dice, and I'll make up stuff as I go along. But 
When I do that, I have no motivation. I create whatever personality I want on the fly. You know, when I hear emergent backgrounds, oh yeah, in his background, he did this. Yeah, once upon a time. Well, to me, that sounds like hand-waving for convenience sake. I don't like that because now I'm just adding in things that, to me, seem like they're giving you an advantage or something. Whereas if you have a background, now I am defining the way this character is going to behave within the situations. You know, now I am R-O-L-E playing. Yes, in higher level characters and so forth, yeah, understanding what went on, that's a great thing. But I don't say that you shouldn't have it for BX or anything like that. Does it need to be some long, extravagant thing? No. I am starting to see the advantages of having a very short background. I think I mentioned in the podcast that you had listened to that it needs to be, you know, I think one of the GMs I was with, a hundred characters, hundred or hundred words or something like that. I forget what it was. Hundred words. Yeah. I mean, that's what, what did I say that was? That was anywhere between uh, seven to ten sentences, six to ten sentences, well-formed sentences. I mean, you know, if you can't come up with enough of an interesting thing to understand how somebody's going to act, that's great. Now, I think if I wanted to add personality, motivation, then I would ask for something into the 200 word, maybe 250. You know, allows me to flesh that out a little bit more. Because having played or playing a on a play-by-post environment, where I only had a hundred words I could use, I'm still making it up as I go, which is fine, but I had to mentally decide on how I wanted to run things. If I'd had a few more words to help flesh it out, then I could say, yes, here's my background. Now I understand the motivation of the character. Now I understand why he does certain things. If I'm a GM, maybe I want that. Maybe I need to understand why you act a certain way, especially if I'm going to pay attention to alignment. Oh, here we go, throwing controversy into there now. What? You're going to pay attention to alignment? Yeah. As a GM, I'm going to pay attention to alignment. As a player, I would pay attention to alignment. If I'm saying I'm lawful, then my actions should be that way. My backstory should mention something, should say, why I am that way. Now that I look at the BX way, OSE way of saying, okay, lawful, neutral, chaotic, where lawful is really more or less good, and there's some variations within the theme there. Neutral is not so much a, there needs to be a balance, as it is, you're not good, you're not bad, you can swing either way. But in general, you're more about protecting your own stuff. And I would say on the average being nice, but could do some bad stuff here and there. You know, understanding that, and it's a lot easier to create 
a backstory, but if I was going to be chaotic, if I was going to be lawful, I think that for a GM, you need to have a backstory there that helps point themselves that direction as ESPN decides to throw itself into the recording. I don't know. It's just that, that, that's where I was going with that. You know, whenever I see things that people put in backstories and they're trying to make sure they get all these skills and other things like that, yeah, I can see where you're trying to make yourself look good. It, in a way, you're using backstory as a way to min max. <laughs> um, but not having a backstory can make you do a min max. Oh, yeah, back in the day, he did this. You know, you're, you're, you're making it up as you go along. Of course, then if we subscribe to the Judd Lawyer School, you can make up whatever background you want. I don't care. I ain't playing with it. Yeah, if that's the way we want to go, cool. We'll, we'll do that. So I think it really, you kind of hit the nail on the head a little bit there, or at least are dancing around it for me, that depends upon the system, depends upon the campaign. But I think I'm forever going to be in the encampment of I want a little bit of a backstory to help guide your actions. As a GM, let me know a little bit about you because I want to see these actions. You know, if I think your actions are going contrary to what you said you're going, okay. Do your actions go against your alignment, which I will hold up. If that goes against your alignment, then, you know, I'm going to take that into account. Having nothing just means I'm rolling dice. Nothing else matters. Hey, roll the dice. Roll the dice. And then I can min-max all I want because it really doesn't matter what I did. I just, oh, I got this character. Well, how did this half-elf come to be? Well, it doesn't matter how it came to be, does it? But you take half-elves, I mean, are they... In the human world? Are they in the elven world? I mean, they're supposed to be outcasts. How do you handle that? How do you, you know, do you have some elf, that half elf that is actually raised among humans and you know, maybe this is a more accepting society so he gets along better with people? Doesn't feel like an outcast? I don't know. It just, I know I'm rambling here, but I, I think, you know, we could go on and on about this in different podcasts backgrounds but anyway i wanted to put that back out there maybe clarify my point and everything maybe even challenge somebody else out there it's like hey you got something different come at me bro hmm i still think there's a couple more voicemails let's go find out evil jeff jason nerds rpg variety cast again i am caught up on your backlog now which is excellent because I have plenty more to go through of you know other people's backlogs. So thank you for the content you provided, and I look forward to the content you're going to provide in the future. Well, thank you for taking the time for going through the backlog of all of the past episodes. Hey, Evil Jeff, Jason here from Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Long time, no talk. I enjoyed your last show. It's pretty good. I like that caller guy. He's a pretty cool cat. The articles you referenced were were mentioned by Ray Otis in his latest podcast. They were about the mythic underground. 
and the idea that the may, the underground might even shift around and move and things like that. They were written by Jason, not me, but a different Jason. I don't remember his last name. I think it's hard to with an M. But, um, yeah, those are the articles. Anyhow, I'll talk to you later on. Thanks for telling me again about the Mythic Underground. I, I knew I had heard it on Ray's podcast. I just was mentally tired when I tried to uh, talk about it, which is my problem sometimes, being too tired to think straight. Um it does bring up an interesting point because I was going to, with the uh, minion in our game with this new area that the characters will go into, because of the magic that's going on there, uh, that has happened in the past, the whole little God Wars and the effects that have occurred, it kind of lends itself to that sort of environment where we can sit there and say, yeah, you know, Things have changed. You were here recently, you know, a week or two ago, but now it's totally different because of the instability of the surrounding area, the landscape, whatever. Things are mutating here and there. I can see where that's going to go. I need to plot out a couple areas as well in my big map uh, and then leaving the rest of it to random chance here in the near future. But yeah, we get some plotting out some stuff here. I think we'll call that a day on this one. This episode has been sitting around for quite some time. I just have been so busy, couldn't get back to it, and just really not caring to get back to it at some point, I think. I just got burned out a little bit. You know, this is interesting because I'm hearing that from some other anchorites, too, they're getting a little tired of podcasting here and there. Um, you know, it's very interesting to, to feel that way sometimes. I think I'd rather listen to people right now. Um, maybe it's a creative doldrum. Maybe I just don't feel like I have anything to say. But now that Minnie and I are going to start up with some more uh, some stuff, in fact, might actually get to it here very shortly. Uh, start creating some things. I'm actually going to allow her to join in the creation process of the known area of this new continent or the, the old continent that is unknown by any of the peoples of the world at this time. So we're going to flesh that out and then see where we go from there. And I think I'll start up my next... Uh, podcast with the um with the new theme song that i really like all right that's enough of me for right now Ooh, i think football is going to be on it's time to go <laughs>